Today's scripture reading comes from Acts chapter 27 and a little bit of chapter 28. Um, there are three passages, so I'll be hopping around. Um, if you'll look in your pew Bibles, or if you want to look in your pew Bibles, it's going to be on page 936. So we'll be reading Acts 27, starting at verse 21. That's on page 936 of your pew Bible. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid. Paul, you must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God, that it will be exactly as I have been told. All right, now moving on to verse 39, 39 to 44. Now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea, at the same time loosening the ropes that had tied the, the, the rudders. Then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow struck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest they should swim away and escape. But the centurion wishing to save Paul kept him from kept them from carrying out their plan he ordered those who could who could swim to jump overboard first and to make for the land and the rest of on planks or on pieces of the ship and so it was that all were brought safely to the land all right the last section is going to be chapter 28 verses 3 through 6 when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, though, though he has escaped from the sea. Justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell, or, swell up or suddenly fall down dead, but when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. May God bless the reading of his word. I invite Minister Pat up, Pastor Pat up now. Good morning, Crossbridge. Um, we um, made it through uh, this morning's part of the service quicker than I thought we would, because typically I like for us to read all of the verses, even though we're covering the, the better part of all of chapter 27 and then part of 28. Um, but in the interest of time, I thought I needed to save. We just read a part. But if you have your Bibles handy, please keep it open. Uh, it will be helpful for you to um, to take a look at the context. So, um, so let's carry on. As we continue our Acts sermon series, 
to the ends of the earth, we find ourselves nearing the very end. Last time, we covered Acts chapter 25 and 26, gleaning wisdom from the Apostle Paul on how we should share our testimonies. Now, in Acts 27 and 28, we embark on a remarkable journey with Paul alongside his fellow prisoners and companions, sailing across the vast Mediterranean Sea towards Italy. So, indulge me and close your eyes and imagine the open waters. You're in a boat. The sky is clear, and you feel a gentle breeze blowing across. And suddenly, out of the blue, a storm hits. Now, in our lives, we all experience such storms, not of wind and waves, but of struggles, tribulations, and unforeseen trials. And let me share with you a heartwarming story I recently read, and it's about a young girl, and she's all about eight years old. Uh, she's on a plane, and they're flying towards New York, and midway th through the flight, uh, the plane begins to shake. There's air turbulence. And she continues to mind her own business. She's staring down at her book, and she's reading. She's calm and collected. But the cabin, as it fills with anxiety, the woman who is sitting across the aisle, she can't help herself. She turns to her and says, aren't you scared? He keeps reading. He says, no, my father is the pilot. Now, that brings us right to our message this morning. Drawn from the book of Acts, in Acts 27 and 28, the Apostle Paul encounters a literal storm at sea, leading to a shipwreck and later on to a snakebite. In every adversity, Paul holds firm to his faith and he trusts God's providence. In life, we will inevitably encounter storms and shipwrecks, our own snake bites, those unexpected events that catch us off guard. Yet, no matter how chaotic your consequences or your circumstances may become, always remember you're not alone. His grace surrounds us. God provides and he guides. Our theme today underscores this reality. Through life's storms, disasters, and unexpected dangers, we can trust God in unwavering, God's unwavering assurance, his providential guidance, and his protective provision. That girl in that storm aboard the plane understood this. She knew the God who guides us through life's journey is not going to abandon her. Do we believe the same? Do you believe our Father is the pilot? Let us therefore prepare our hearts and minds as we dig more into these verses. Let us learn like that girl and Apostle Paul to trust in God's divine providence and protection. 
It's not just about surviving the storm, but it's about growing, maturing, and growing closer to God through it all. May our understanding be enriched as we sail through these scriptural waters. But before we embark on this journey of trust and of faith, please join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, with hearts open and spirits willing, we seek your divine wisdom today. As the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts find favor in your sight, we ask for your illumination as we navigate the storms of life through Scripture. Help us, Lord, to grasp the breadth and depth of your unwavering assurance, providential guidance, and protective provision. As we journey through the trials of Paul, help us to glean lessons that strengthen our faith, deepen our trust, and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as we step into this story in chapter 27, it feels like we're on this roller coaster. Imagine being on that ship in the middle of the ocean, the winds howling and the waves crashing. And in this daunting moment, our beloved Saint Paul, he stands not panicking, but he's at peace. The angel of the Lord just moments before had assured him with these words of comfort, don't be afraid, Paul. You will stand trial before Caesar, and God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. And that comes from Acts chapter 27, verse 24, from the New Living Translation. Now, can you imagine the calmness in his voice and that sparkle of faith that gleams from his eyes? Now, this phrase, don't be afraid, comes from this Greek verb tharseo, meaning take heart. Take heart. Don't be of good courage. It's as if Paul is saying, breathe. Just breathe. Have faith. Have courage. Then comes this phrase, God in his goodness granted, and that comes from this Greek, ekarisato, and it's God's grace in action. It means his divine favor in motion. It's like a divine promise whispered through that howling wind. You're not alone. I am here. Now, re we should remember that this is not a story that we might lift from a Hollywood film. This is indeed real. Luke reports this as factual. It's captured with a tone of sober realism, and it creates this tension that is palpable. The author Luke paints this vivid picture of fear and faith, disaster and deliverance, using detailed narrative, historical context, and repetitive emphasis on the details of the storm so that we don't miss the fact of its severity. It's as if he's putting us on that ship, allowing us to feel the fear, the anxiety, but also the hope and the assurance. And Crossbridge, 
aren't we often on such ships in our own lives? Storms of personal problems, of professional challenges, of societal pressures. Sometimes we may feel like we are sinking, like the end is near. But like those sailors, we are also called to take heart. Paul didn't promise them an easy journey. He assured them of safe passage. Not an easy journey, but a safe passage. God's providence might not prevent the storm, but his presence will always persist through the storm. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you, says the prophet Isaiah in chapter 43, verse 2. See, there is this verse, and it reminds us of something truly remarkable. God is right there with us in the storm. It's like when you pass through these deep waters, or you're through the raging rivers, or even walking through fire. These are all tough situations we encounter in life, our own personal storms. But here is the beautiful part. God promises, I will be with you. And they, speaking about these circumstances, will not overwhelm you. Isn't that amazing? It's like having this loyal companion that you know will never leave your side, no matter how tough things get. You may have a friend in this life that is loyal, but even that loyalty is not certain. God, he guarantees it, and he proved it with the love that sent his own son to the cross. And it's not just about surviving the storm. It's about steering through it with courage, faith, and a sense of calm. We want to be like that girl on that airplane. We want to believe that our father is the pilot. We want to be like Paul, and we want to take a page out of his playbook. When life storms rage, we need to trust in God's protection just like Paul did. You got a problem at work? Take heart. Are you struggling with a health issue? Always remember the grace we have in God. Remember God's grace. God's assurance isn't a storm-free life. It's a storm-proof faith. You're going to have storms in your life but you can take God at his word that you are going to have a faith when you walk with him that is storm-proof. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. That comes from James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Yes, our faith can be storm-proof. It's like having an unshakable foundation. No matter what trials or challenges we face, You see this phrase here, trials of various kinds. It represents the storms of life, those tough times that can knock us off balance. But here's the thing. These trials, 
they're not going to destroy our faith. Instead, they will refine and strengthen it. Finally, this isn't just about us. It's about leading others through the storm, just like Paul did. This isn't just about us. Look to your left. Look to your right. God has called us to be our brother and our sister's keepers. How will we do it? Will we do it with courage? Will we remain calm? We want to be like Paul. We want to do what he did on that boat. We are called, like Paul, to be beacons of faith, hope, and courage. Let's trust in God's providence, even when we are battered by life's tempests. And by doing so, we reassure others that even in the darkest storms, God's light is never out of reach. The glory of God shines brightest when the night is darkest. Do you believe it? Do you live it? Let's take heart and let God's grace guide us through the storms of life. And just imagine, if you will, a ship tossed by violent storm. Now, I'm not talking about a little bit of rain, people. We're talking about a shipwrecking, wave-crashing, life-threatening kind of storm. And right there in the middle of it, we find Paul. He's clinging on to a piece of that wrecked ship, a plank as it is called here in Acts 27, verse 43 and 44. Now, this isn't just some piece of wood. Now, we have some help in the Greek here. The Greek here tells us that it's honest, right? It's a plank, right? Which, but it refers in its usage to something that is much larger. It refers to this bigger piece of a ship, and it's what the sailors, Paul included, used to stay afloat. In our lives, these planks are God's grace, his love and his hope that he extends to us in our storms. He, the centurion, ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land, and the rest on planks are on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought to land. And that you can read on the slide, uh, verses 43 to 44. And here comes the part of the story that always gives me goosebumps, because for years I read this and never really noticed this. But in verse 44 it says, and so it was that all were brought to, brought safely to land, that all were brought safely to land. Now picture this, the sailors you know, some of them may have been paddling on these planks, but a lot of them were holding on. It's really hard to hold on and paddle at the same time. Now, they were brought safely to land. This, I believe, is a clear reminder that it is God who carries us through our worst times, bringing us to a place of safety. It's like being caught in a storm and then seeing a ray of sunshine piercing through the dark clouds. That feeling that the author of Acts is conveying right here in these verses. Despite the bleak situation, 
Paul's unwavering faith offers a ray of hope. It's as if he is telling us, look, it might be rough, but God has got this. Just hold on. So what is the lesson here? Well, it's really simple, but yet it could be very profound if you will let it affect your thinking, your choices, and what you do. We're called to trust in God's deliverance, especially in our darkest hours. What are those darkest hours? The rougher the sea, the tighter we cling onto our planks, onto our faith. It doesn't show that we're weak when we hold on. No, it shows our wisdom, knowing that we rely on a God who is stronger than our biggest storms. And from Eugene Peterson's version, we read, he said, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. That comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, from the message version. Now, from his personal experience, Paul encourages us by this important truth. God's power is perfected in our weakness. When we see what God said to Paul, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. We can believe that it's through our vulnerabilities that God's strength shines the brightest. So how do we cross bridge? How do we, as a vibrant evangelical community of Christians, apply this lesson to our everyday lives? We're going to need faith. Well, whenever we face challenges, whether big or small, personal or communal, we can choose we can choose to emulate Christ's unwavering faith. Now, I hope you can trust me when I tell you this, that it's, this is more than developing a good habit. It's our survival strategy. It's our statement of faith. It's our testimony to the world. So Crossbridge, let's hold on tight to our faith, especially when times are tough. For with God, even the ruins of a shipwreck can serve as our lifeline. His provision is our assurance and our salvation. Yes, surviving the shipwreck is possible. Maybe you find yourselves in such a shipwreck right now which doesn't seem like it's possible to survive. A survival is possible, but it will never depend on your strength, but because God's mighty provision amid the ruins. That's the glory of God for you, for me, for us all, that in that we find our hope and our triumph. And as we arrive at the third station of our journey, through Acts 27 and 28, we find Paul in a real pickle. Out of the blue, a viper bites him and latches on. 
Now, imagine one moment you're gathering wood, you're helping out all your fellow um, prisoners, right? Shipwrecked, they're wet, they're cold, they need a fire. And the next moment, you've got a snake latching onto you. It's not just a snake. It's here standing in for those sudden curveballs that are thrown at us in life. It's like when you plan a family vacation and you discover your car's broken down. Or you're, in our case, you're, we're like a couple weeks out from a vacation, a dream vacation. Uh, we're going to take a cruise and we discover two of our passports have expired. Um, or you're getting ready and you studied for a test and you wake up that morning and you're sick. These are the vipers, the unexpected trials that creep up on us. Consider what James says about such curveballs or trials. Count it all, what? Joy. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. In this passage, that phrase, count it all joy, stands as a bold challenge to all of us. James is encouraging us, much like Paul with the viper, to not just endure trials, but to embrace it. It's not just about putting up with it. Don't ever waste a crisis. There's an opportunity here. Embrace it and do it with joy. Why? Because, Paul tells us, testing of your faith produces steadfastness. A powerful picture of resilience in the face of trials. This steadfastness, in turn, results in our spiritual maturing, making us perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Here we see the encouragement to bounce back from life's unexpected setbacks, not in our strength, but relying on God's providence, the maturing of our faith. But Paul, when he's bit, he's not freaking out. He's no dummy. He knows what happens when you're bitten by a viper. Acts 28.5 says, He, however, he shook off that creature into the fire, and Paul suffered no harm. It's like when you step on a Lego brick in the middle of the night. How many of us have experienced that? I have. Lots of Lego bricks in our house. It hurts, right? But you don't let it ruin your next day. You shake it off. That's what Paul shows us. He shakes off the trial, not letting them ruin our day or our faith. It's about bouncing back, knowing that God's protection is like a superhero cape that is wrapped around us. We're protected. The storytelling here is layered with irony. It's jarring how much the outcome is different than what we expect. The islanders thought Paul, bitten by a snake, was a goner. He was a murderer. He deserved to die. Why wouldn't he? But when he doesn't keel over, the islanders do what? They do a 180, and they now claim him to be a god. It's like thinking you failed a test, and you get an A+. God works in mysterious ways, right? 
And sometimes our trials aren't what they first appear. What seems like a disaster can turn into a blessing. That shows God's power and protection. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 to 9. This verse is a powerful testimony to resilience in the face of trials. Do you have that resilience in your life? The words afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down illustrate the trials that we face. Still, the repeated but not throughout signify God's protective hand. Just as Paul was bitten and, but not harmed, we too can face trials and not be struck down and be struck down but not destroyed. This echoes this divine protection that was evident in Paul's encounter with the viper. We can learn a lot from Paul's snake shake-off. He doesn't just survive. He shows resilience and trust in God, and that should inspire us. It's like having a sturdy umbrella in a downpour. Our faith shields us when life rains down challenges. So let's double down on prayer. Let's study our Bibles, right? and let's lean on one another. If you want an opportunity to pray, come out on Tuesday night virtually. Join us on Zoom. We pray from 9 to 10.15. You'll find a link in, um, on our website or in our bulletin. I know it's not for everyone, but you might want to check it out. And so, um, I want to encourage all of us, the young, the not-so-young, and everyone in between, to learn from Paul's example. Life's going to throw curveballs, but with God's protection, we can shake them off. So let's celebrate the unexpected trials as opportunities to flex our faith muscles and lean into God's grace. It's a little bit like finding you're on a quest in a game, and you're searching for that treasure, and then when you find it, you get that power up, right? It's something that we seek after. It's something that we find and, and enjoy. See, these challenges reveal God's power, and it deepens our faith. In the end, it's not about the vipers that we face, but it's how we face those trials in our life. And remember, in every trial, we're not just bitten. We're also blessed. So let's go out there, shake off our viper into the fire, and show the world how blessed we truly are. And let me begin to wrap us up by recalling our journey through the storms of 27 and 28 of Acts. We've seen God's unwavering love, guiding hand, and protective care, just like Paul. We've got God at our side. Steadfast in every storm, our hope in ruins are our shield against life's surprises. His love isn't far, is not a far-off idea. It's our everyday reality. If you're wading through the choppy waters of youth, or you're steering through that wreckage of adulthood, or you're dealing with these wild-card events in life, remember this, God is faithful. God is faithful. When life's waves batter us and our dreams seem like they're just a little bit beyond our reach. Remember that his promise 
holds. He reassures us, he reassures us, he directs us, and guards us every step of the way. Now, we are a family, are we not? But we are tied together by more than heritage and culture. We are tied together by the love of God and the remembrance of God's unfailing love. So let's brave life's storms. Let's stand tall amidst the ruins and face surprises with courage, knowing God, our God, is mightier than all these trials. With God by our side, we don't just survive. We will thrive. Let this truth invigorate and embolden us as we go forth in our journey hand in hand. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your unwavering assurance, guidance, and protective provision as we navigate life's storms and trials. Help us remain faithful, standing firm in our trust in you. Strengthen our faith, bolster our resilience, and kindle our love for you and one another. May we face every challenge with courage, knowing that you are our refuge and strength. Father, let our lives be living testimonies of your grace, reflecting your light to the world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.